0: Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. Ephesians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 3. While you're turning there, I want to give a shout out. I don't know by chance if him and his um, wife are watching or not, but Officer Ingalls, UdaBomb.com. And uh, I was leaving here. I collect police patches. It's my only hobby. Um, my wife told me, Michael, you got to get a hobby. And so one of the things that I do is, and I'm going to talk a little bit about it just because it's on my heart. But uh, everywhere I go, I try and introduce myself and I collect these patches and I come back home and uh, I have a wall in my office at the high school and uh, I start tacking them up. It used to look pretty, nice rows, but you can't fit as many patches on the wall with nice rows. And so I'm just tacking them up. But to me, every patch tells a story. It's somebody that I met, um, it's another individual. And I've taken it on as a mission from God to introduce myself to as many brothers of the blue that I can because I have a heart. I have a ministry to our law enforcement that there are a lot of broken families and marriages and situations. And so it's not just a, a cool badge, if you will, but it is, it's a story. And so if by chance... Officer Ingalls is by chance watching. I want you to know that you made my night last night. As I left here, the youth thing, I saw him parked and I pulled in. And he said, well, just follow me to my house. I'll get you one. So this morning I saw him and I dropped off two of my patches. And I said, I just appreciate you. Have a good day. So so that's my little, I, I love what God is, is doing. Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 10 to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers and heavenly places might be known. Check this out. Might be known by the church. To the intent now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church, the manifold wisdom of God. God wants the church to know his wisdom and not just his wisdom, but his abundance, his manifold wisdom. According to the eternal what? According to the eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. In whom we have boldness and access. You got to get this. Students, you've got to get this that it is according to the eternal purpose which he purposed through Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence. Boom shakalaka. That's big deal. With confidence by the faith of him. Wherefore, I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that ye grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ, are you ready? That Christ may... Dwell in your hearts by faith. That he that ye being rooted and grounded in not talent, not just showing up, but in, in love. Three more verses. May be able to comprehend with all the saints. That you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, depth, and height. And to know the love of Jesus Christ, which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with the fullness of God. Now unto him, I could scream, now unto him that's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that what? That what? That worketh in us. Let's pray. Father, I love you today. I love you today. It is because of your grace and because of your mercy and because of your love. It is because of you. But God, you've given us the best life. I'm convinced of it. Lord, and I pray your blessing and encouragement be upon this church. But God, would you raise up these students with boldness and with confidence in the name of Jesus. And they all said, may God bless you. You may be seated if you smile. If you didn't smile, it's on you. Amen. Well, it is such a tremendous um, blessing um, always to be in Medora and, um, and to be with great leaders. And I, I kicked myself because on Friday night, um, I definitely gave a few accolades to our leadership of whom inspire me. Um, the people we were talking about, um, your pastor, your bishop. Um, The several pastors of this church and, of course, um, kindred to my heart. um, Speak life (laughs) and mute your phone. People calling for rides to church. Um, It is. She has a great story, a German lady that watched her mom's head cut off. In Germany and when she came to us um, she said pastor would you pray for me I said sure what do you want me to pray for she says I can't cry I can't shed a tear she said my mama looked at me before she died when she helped some foreign soldiers and um, her mom helped some and when those ruthless people um, took her life She looked at her daughter and she said at 11 years old, she said, don't you cry. Don't you give them the satisfaction of that. And she's not cried since. She says, I want to cry. I see everybody in church crying. I want to cry. And so we prayed for her. And uh, it didn't seem like anything worked. But she came back the next service and she says, Pastor, I can't stop crying. Isn't that special? That God would do something like that. Um, but what I, what, what I was saying before before I got a phone call was um, turn your phones off. <laughs> what a distraction. It's, I, I love being around these students. And I know that I know some of them and I've seen some of them and some of them that I've not. Um, but I, I'm, I'm very, very inspired because there is such a wonderful... Um, opportunity for you this year that you've never had before that god wants to show up and show out in a way that has never happened when when i um just a little over a year ago i graduated from the police academy in ohio and um my commander came to me one time and he said at the at the conclusion and uh, we just graduated and i passed all my run and i did all those miraculous things and um and he says, you know, I was, I was at a funeral the other day, and the preacher started teaching from the 23rd Psalm. And his eyes are perking up. And He's an older individual, been in law enforcement and fire um, for, for several years. I think he just passed 42 years um, in law enforcement. And um, so he was kind of going. He says, but when that preacher started talking about that, you know, he started talking about the sheepdog, because so that's what cops are. They're like sheepdogs. And um, so he was saying, so the, the, the preacher was talking, and he was making all these similarities, all these analogies, having to do with this officer that had, that had been killed. And, uh, and I said, Commander, you would not believe that while I've been here for 18 weeks, sitting in front of you and your instructors, that I've been in Bible college. Bible college, preach. I said, Bible college. I said, you would not understand all the similarities and the analogies that you've made in a legal sense that are backed up in Scripture. Case in point is that one of the things that we learned in our introduction to law was that there's four culpable mental states. Are you with me? You're not falling asleep on me? Four culpable culpable mental states. So every crime that's committed, that there is one of or multiple of four of these culpable mental states. First of which is purposely, specific intention to cause certain result, a specific intention to cause a certain result, purposely. Number two is knowingly to be aware that conduct will probably cause certain result or probably be of a certain nature regardless of purpose. So there's purposely, you understand, it's premeditated, and then there is knowingly. I know something's probably going to happen. I didn't plan it, but I know it. Third is recklessly. Recklessly, with heedless indifference. To the consequence, disregards the substantial unjustifiable risk that conduct is likely to cause a certain result. It's like somebody that went to a bar and just went to have a drink and all of a sudden a fight breaks out and all of a sudden things are broken. I never went with the intent, which I don't go, but they didn't, they didn't go with an intent to fight. It's just something broke out, right? Or negligently. So you have purposely knowingly, recklessly and negligently negligently is because of substantial lapse from due care fails to perceive or avoid a risk. He had no idea what was going on. I was just there at the wrong time. And I thought to myself as I'm listening to this rhetoric, I think that's how some people come to church. One of a couple, four mental culpable mental states. Some people come with no intention to worship. There are people that have received the Holy Ghost negligently. They didn't know what they were getting into. They didn't understand that there's a difference when you come to an altar than just sitting in that safe place back. There's some people with no intention to raise their hand. The only way they're going to get the Holy Ghost is if God pelts them with it. There are some people that I believe have received the Holy Ghost or their blessing. Right. Yeah. J- j- I mean, everything's coming. I mean, they have nowhere else to turn. Some people, when they come to church, they have an idea of church, but it's just recklessly. It just looks like a mess. And and this happening over there and that's happening. And it feels like God is this reckless, loving God it just kind of it just it happened, but but God knew from the end, from the beginning, who was going to be in church today, what your problem was going to be today, and God knew. But to us, it seems so reckless. Right. Then there's some; they know all about this church. They know what happens. They're not shocked anymore. You know, they're not, they, they, they know about tongues, and they know about the infilling of the Holy Ghost, and they know about the miraculous hand of God. Yes. They, they know about that. And they come, and they, they serve God as they are. But then there are some that before they ever parked their car, they had a purpose. On, I'm going to worship God there are some people that come and they just fall into worship and they as long as you worship they can worship but there is some that said I was on the Lord's mind the Lord was on my mind I came to lift up my hands on purpose come on can you clap your hands as unto the Lord Come on, some people, they started singing and then I decided to dance. But there's some people before the song was ever played, I'm going to dance unto the Lord. There's some people that you know you got junk in your heart. And before the altar call ever came, you had purposed, I'm going to go to the altar. That's how I want to live my life, on purpose. Preplanned, premeditated, premeditated. I took some time and I thought through the process. And so, so, so I found like there was these similarities and I could, I could bore you to death or to life <laughs> and talk about all the things. There, there was something else that I learned that on, when, we, when, we, when we sat down at my desk, and again, I was 43 when I was in school, And uh, I was the oldest cat there, other than the instructor. In fact, I was older than some of the instructors. (laughs) (laughs) And so, uh, as we would sit there, and I had my name tag, and it took about two of them just to fit my last name. (laughs) But on the inside, the instructor would see the outside, the name. And then uh, we had most time when instructors would first come That we all had to stand and say why are we here and stuff And so I thought that I was, that was as good as a pulpit as any right. This is why I'm here Why are you so old and coming to police academy And, blah, 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 blah. and so I would say well I've, I've been a chaplain for the last 14 years I mean most, most of the cadets that I went to school with Were as old as my oldest child mm. <laughs> But what I saw every day Can, can I just throw something at you? I'll just toss it to you. So this is what I saw. So every day I was getting a sermon. Every day. Ten fatal errors. I shared this with the pastor uh, yesterday. Ten fatal errors when it comes to law enforcement. You tell me how, how we can articulate this in the church. Number one, failure to maintain their equipment. The reason your Bible looks so new is because you never use it. That's your workbook, baby. That, we, we, we've got to strategize and flip through that thing. Yes, yeah. And sometimes we come, and I remember I got a pair of old soccer cleats. played soccer when I was in high school, and it had been in, in the closet for ages in a day. And so we decided a couple years ago to play football. You know, that's kind of dumb. Let's go play football. All these old guys play football. <laughs> And so I said, you know what? This is a great opportunity to kind of get the older I get, the better of an athlete that I was. (laughs) Right? Right? So I'm going to go get my cleats on and I'm putting them on. This is going to be awesome. And literally the first kickoff and I go to take off and they're so dry rotted that they fell apart before I could ever touch the ball. sometimes we failure we have failure to maintain our equipment if you want to get good at worship you got to keep on worshiping if you want to get good at prayer ah, you got to keep on praying if you want to get good at being faithful then you got to keep on working at that my kid asked me one time he said my goodness, dad, why do you clap so loud? I said, I've had a lot of experience. Number two, improper searching or handcuffing techniques. Sometimes we... We throw repentance into a generality, into a general bucket, and God wants the details. But sometimes we don't want to give God the details because we want to, if I've forgotten about it, God's forgotten about it. Uh And so I've learned how to repent with my details, touch my mind, touch every aspect of my mind. How about this? Third fatal error of law enforcement, sleepy or asleep? Sometimes we come to church and we're just drowsy. We've invested everything all week and have nothing left for God. This is what I've learned. This is what I've learned. That if I'm tired, it's better that I get up and walk around the church. Make, fabricate me a brace. I keep my hands up, my eyes open, because this is the most important aspect. This is the most important gathering of my existence. This is where the church comes together to worship the King of the church. I have not even started my sermon yet. I'll try to hurry. Number, number four was they relax too soon. We get done with worship and we're all sweating. My goodness. I love for Brother Gawthorne to come be our worship leader. He does something crazy. He smiles. That is so ridiculously crazy. They relax too soon. We relax too soon. We wait for a preacher to keep us on that up and down. Rather than the love for God and the love for the word and the love for people. That if we're sitting in the front, we should show everybody else this is how we worship. I don't want some guests. I'm missing me. This is me. There's some guests that I don't want our church. I, there's some people in our church I do not want our guests sitting next to. Because it's apparent they feel they get points for just showing up. And I'm glad that everybody's showing up. But if you don't know nothing about Pentecost, you need to sit close to me, honey. You need to sit close to me where there's passion, where there's focus. They're relaxing too soon. They're missing danger signs. They're taking a bad position they're shooting bullets at you you don't want to just say hey what's going on <laughs> right. you can be concealed and you can have cover you can have a little a little window shade or you can have a brick wall taking a bad position, a bad position in church, a bad position on, on, on worship, a bad position on biblical truths, right? You with me? You with me? Again, this is, this is the academy preaching to us all right now. This, how about failure to watch the hands? Come on. You got to know what's in their pocket. Get your hands out! it. I, I want to see those hands. I want to see, because an empty hand has never really hurt me. I want to know. I want, I want to have everybody because I've had to do searches on people. And there's been things I've found and daggers and, and things and pills and stuff. And I've got, to, I've got to know where those hands are, sir, because it's the hand that's going to hurt me. It's not their big toe. It's their hand. And sometimes I've got to make sure. Come on, young people. we got to make sure God sees our hands. I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. Woo. On, somebody clap your hands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How about this? This is what they called it. I have another word for this. They said tombstone courage. I say stupid courage. Right. I mean courage that somehow to- to- totally misses the brain. Yeah. <laughs> and you just dive in. I've got to go do that. And you're not paying attention. Uh-huh. And they showed us a video. It's not like they said cadets listen we're going to show you some graphic stuff so it just be they didn't do that they said you need to see what it's really like and lives they would show us officer after officer that had been shot and killed and they showed us one video They showed us a video of a woman with her body cam on. This guy's running from her, and she just takes off. This lady officer takes off out of her car and runs. And she's just running trying to catch him, trying to catch him. I've got to catch him. I've got to get this tag. I've got to catch him. And and what she did not know is the guy, the bad guy, had a weapon and stepped behind a wall. And the moment she came through, shot her in the head. It was just that tombstone courage. All I see is this. And sometimes we can have an issue, ladies. I'm already preaching. We can have an issue that we have have totally focused on. And that's all that we see. We don't see the other elements. We don't see other people that it affects. And we just say, Pastor, this is what I see. But you don't see nothing. It's tombstone courage. How about preoccupied? Preoccupied. 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 Praying. I'm so important. Look at me, I'm so important. How did I ever exist? How do we ever have leadership and administration? And so what happens is we can't even put this thing down. We have more problems with this thing as students than anything else in the world. We have more access in this thing than anything else in the world. You don't have to go to a special store. You can find everything you want to find on this. Right. Preoccupied. Apathy was the last. Apathy. And so they would preach these things. Every day we saw those things in front of us. And so my purpose or my, my, my message to our students and to our college and career and everybody else that showed up and anybody who's watching, is th- this is my message, that if you're going to remember the purpose, then you need to keep it right in front of you. All right. yeah. 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 you. You need to keep it in front of you. Christian life is the combination of faith and reality. My mom said this. It's where life and faith intersect. Because life without faith is no life at all. But faith without practical application is is without real value. Did you hear that? But faith without practical application. This is where people say that you're so spiritual that you're of no earthly good. Or you're so carnal that you're of no heavenly good that everything is about the tangible and so I believe that as Jesus was not on the right side on the, on the cross and he wasn't on the far left, he was right slap dab in the middle so he could reach both. I think that's a great position for the church that we are trying to reach the absolute extreme, we're trying to reach the absolute liberal, we're trying to reach every human being on the planet that we can Amen. Amen. So faith is making real what cannot be seen or censored with human faculties. So understanding your purpose is essential. So understanding your purpose. Is essential. I did not come to deliver you a lullaby. I've come that somebody would rise up in boldness and in confidence. And that boldness and that confidence comes from Holy Scripture. It comes from understanding what we've been created for. It, it, it started before college ever was here. It started before high school was ever here. It started before grade school was ever here. That God says, if my kids can get pregnant with my wife, Word, if they can spend time and become intimate with my word they will never have to wonder about their purpose but because we don't understand our purpose we squander heavenly opportunities just church service just a revival just a work day at church Just going to the store, just my job. And when I, when I took this extra job, I said, I'm not, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not trying. I'm talking about my purpose. I'm trying to inspire you to find your purpose if you don't know it already. But I'm not taking a job that I gotta miss church. All right, All right. yes, sir. All right, yes, sir. Now, now, I, I know, I'm not your pastor. I'm not trying to be your pastor. And I'm not saying... We have, we have people in our church that have swing shifts. We, people have to work in this. And like My focus is not so much to our adults right now. Because you're in neck deep in your career. I'm really talking about our students before you ever get a job. That there should be some kind of a determination that says, If I'm making minimum wage, why would I squander something so valuable this for something so less valuable that you can pick any kind of a job that you want to go you can go to Dollar Tree, Dollar Store, McDonald's you you can go wherever you want to go right but there's something inside of me that my parents put inside me and said: number one you get a job you're paying your tithes number two is you're not missing church if you're not going to miss basketball you're not missing church I don't understand Because I feel like we've got to get it so deep into our children that their children are not waiting until they become adults to create their convictions, but they're having their convictions developed right now. Right now. Right now. The sports world understand. They understand commitment. They understand all the stuff. When it comes football and two-a-days, they understand that's what they got to do. So families, they, they totally recreate their vacation times because they call the school calls it this, mandatory. And it's a stinking football. I, I know this is what my, my wife, if I get her talking about this, it's awesome. It is awesome. It is inspirational, let me tell you, parents. But when my son played for just peewee football, they said it was four or five nights every single night for two hours, and a parent had to be sitting on a sideline. I was over there doing that. Doing everything I could possibly do. The point. The point is, is they are not afraid to dictate and determine and set all these things. And yet, me as a young pastor, I, I'm a scared to, to make you come on a, on a Sunday. And if you don't come, or on a Friday, or on a Tuesday, or an all platform meeting, and if you don't come, you're not playing on Sunday, having to deal with some of the parents. I'm just saying that I think if we would understand purpose from the kingdom of God's perspective, it would change a lot of our priorities. Amen. I'll hurry. I'll hurry. Notice what happened in Genesis. When all the people had one language, Genesis 11, one language and one speech, the Bible says, as they built the Tower of Babel. And even God made reference. He said, if I don't do something, that they will will succeed in what they're trying to build. The enemy of the earth, in a sense, that they knew that if we can get unified with one voice, with one speech. So how did God destroy? Listen, God is giving you the... The, the playbook for the enemy because devil's not not smart enough to come up with his own scheme and his own playbook he looks at what god does and he flips it so god looks at their unity and says this is the only way to stop them give them the diversity of language so what does the devil do? I feel the Holy Ghost. So what the devil does is he gets us in one building with different languages. Well, this is what's important to me, and this is what's important to me, and we got our kids. Yeah, tug of war and they're pulled in all these directions, and I love and I don't love, and I want and I don't. I don't even know where I'm at, and they say I don't even know what to do, and so they do nothing. That's true. Come on now, even purpose of God in front of us. So the million dollar question to the students and anybody else listening. What is God's will for my life? Because I ask people on purpose and they almost go cross-eyed. I I don't know. So they come up with something. This is what your Bible says. I'm reading out of the same Bible you read out of. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And this is the promise. This is the blessing. Of meditating day and night on him. I wish some young person would hear me. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That bringeth forth his fruit in his season. And guess what the leaves don't do? They don't wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. That's what I'm talking about. Mike dropped. Ecclesiastes, if that's not enough, Ecclesiastes says, let us hear the whole conclusion of the whole matter, the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. Boom. Exclamation point. This is the whole duty of man. What's the will of God for your life? I'll tell you, to fear God and keep his commandments. All right. yeah. That is a powerful understanding. Yes, sir. Micah said, what, what doth the Lord require of thee? to do justly to love mercy and to walk humbly before thy god matthew said but seek you first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all of these things are unleashed and unlocked and shall be added to you Colossians said this let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in Psalms hymns spiritual songs singing with grace within your hearts unto the Lord and whatsoever you do in word or deed do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ giving thanks to God and the Father by him and if that's not enough in 1 Peter the Bible says and you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation a peculiar people that you should that you should that you should show forth the praises of him that you should show it that you should present it that you should display it so you see church is not just where we hear the word it's where we display his praise praise You may be seated. Joseph found favor in the sight of God. He said, you granted me life and favor. Your care has preserved my spirit. Job said. The Bible says in Psalms, O Lord will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him as with a shield. And his anger shall be but for a moment, but his favor is for life. I'm) t- It's the will of God. And we're saying, what's the will of God for your life? Well, 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 to get through school. That's not the will of God for your life. If you do what the Bible says, you will finish school. You will be the best Christian in your schoolhouse. You will be the best employee of your employer's job. You will be the very best that you can be. It's hard to stay It's hard. It's hard to be focused. I believe that a lot of times we have Jesus in our life. First time you've ever been Jesus. Don't ruin it. (laughs) Jesus in our life. But what happens is, is oftentimes when we, because we don't understand our purpose. We don't understand the plan of God. We don't understand how to articulate this life in this life. Right? We're, we're trying as young people. We're trying to find out everything. Everything's being thrown at us. We're, we're trying to get through school. We're trying to, to do this. We're trying to do all of these things, right? And then we're also trying to get this to bring it into to translate it into our personal life. And so it's a lot of Bible. It's a lot of stuff we don't understand. We cannot claim the promises of God if we don't know them. We can't do it. That's why we have the preaching of the word. That's why we have Bible study. That we are constantly being reminded with the promises. Because we can't claim a promise that we don't know exists. But if we know that it exists and we're trying to live a righteous life, the Bible says these things are added to us. And this is my problem. Too, too much of my childhood, unfortunately, raised in a preacher's home, that there was times that I always kept Jesus here, but there was times that I'd wander away. And I'd, I'd make a mistake or I'd, I'd get so wrapped up in something. And, and then I, I always knew that Jesus is right where I left him. So Jesus becomes my little idol. I know that's hard to say. I'm choking on it as it comes out of my lips. But sometimes we, we treat this Jesus as more of a convenience thing. When I'm in tragedy, I come to Jesus. When I have problems, I come to Jesus. When I have financial issues, I come to Jesus. When I have a relationship issue, I come to Jesus. But this is what God is wanting. He doesn't want to be in your life. He wants to be in front of your life. The Bible says that if I'm following Jesus, these signs, the signs of the creator will follow me. What do we need in our school? And in a little bit, we're going to go and pray through the school, yeah. But what we need is the supernatural. But not everybody understands the supernatural. You could have a thousand Bibles in your house and still go to hell. Because having the word around you is different from having the word in you. What God wants to do is while I've, I've been on some... Thank God for mission trips. I, honestly, it opens my perspective of life and, and my appreciation to what I have and the nice conveniences that this life in America has given every one of us. The poorest in America are sometimes wealthier than some of the greatest in other countries. So my challenge is... Making sure in this youth revival that I put Jesus back in front of me. Because listen, have you ever lost your keys? Have you ever lost something? Yeah, we've all lost some. Hope, hopefully you found it. Sometimes you don't find it. Right? We, uh, my wife, she, um, she, she can't whistle. She can slap. <laughs> Kidding. But, but some, one of the family members thought it would be funny uh, at Christmas to give her, and, and sometimes she, she lost she hasn't lost her keys in forever, but in the, uh, this little time that she lost her keys or lost this, and so they got her uh, a key finder. That the only catch is you have to. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes da 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 da. She can do this. I mean, she she can whistle like that. She's, can't do that. And so it, we, we we laughed because you know this key finder to find her keys and she can't whistle like that. And so it's just kind of comical. And sometimes we lose things in life and sometimes we lose the hierarchy of God in our life. And we say, I can do it by myself. And then I fall on my face and I say, no, 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 I need your help now. Okay, I think I got it. And so so we want this. But I found this. It's hard to lose what I keep in front of me. So what's your name again? Mariah. 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 How are you doing, Mariah? Mariah, I like your little thing in your hair. I like your dress. Mariah. Mariah, I like your shoes. Man, Mariah, it's great to be in church, Mariah. If I say that 100 times, do you think I'm going to forget Mariah? If I keep it in front of me and I'm seeing her every day and I'm patting her on the back and saying, hey, I think it's awesome. I think God is doing great things. I think, do you know my name? Brother Jay. Not a lot of people can say Yadernachek, which is cool. It's just like Smith. What's your last name? Cobb. Cobb. Yodernicek is just like Cobb, but totally different. Easy. And so what happens is, is, in my life, this is where I'm at, that I want my purpose. It needs to be in front of me. Yeah. I wish I wish I had printed out scriptures that I keep close to me that I never forget. Scriptures that, like, starts at the beginning. In the beginning, God created that heavens and the earth. I want to put it right there, that every time I wake up, my brother-in-law, he has an incredible inspiration inspiring prayer life and he's been doing this and he's fast when he was in high school he was fasting three days while in high school i just want god to move and i wonder why he's walking in the prophetic and why he's walking in the gifts of the ministry because he's had a heart of sacrifice but when i go down into his office it's awesome you walk into his office and scriptures are plastered everywhere in big font so when the lights are dim, you can still see it. And what we do is we say, well, when I go to church, I'm going to remember this and I'm going to remember this. It's hard to fall asleep in, in the presence of somebody that you are absolutely enamored with. I, I made this statement last night, and I'm not, I'm not just doing this, but, but we, we definitely have some, some major spiritual giants in this room that I know of. And so I would say, because I'm not so familiar, I love listening to Brother Gill talk. Sister Gill is my wife's favorite female speaker and leader. And so she, she brags about it. But there's times that when I get around Brother Gill, I don't want to just blow smoke. I, I am a sponge. I am an absolute sponge. And so when I get into my valley, then I wring that sponge out, and it it brings refreshing into my dryness. Of my valley and when i get around listen I'm, I'm not just saying this brother walls i appreciate you i don't know you all that well but i appreciate every time you talk i listen even if i don't agree with it which is very few times i can't even think of a time that i've disagreed i just want that wisdom i do i want i want it i want it and i know that if i lived here that i would become a sponge because i never fall asleep when brother is talking to brother Gill's talking because I'm inspired but when Jesus shows up I'm not going to because I keep that purpose Woo! this is what I live for some puppy people live for sports some people live for money some people live for a relationship a boyfriend a girlfriend but I want to live for Jesus and look notice what happens I'm trying to hurry notice what happens when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I don't have to fear evil. Why? Why? Because he's with me. Well, preacher, what are you going to do when this happens and you're out on the road? I have something that those cops don't have. I show for the king every night. I show for the king. I'm just helping this Jesus. I'm just helping him. But I never have to put my hands on Jesus. Like he knows where he's going. (coughs) But what I found is that when I follow Jesus, and I follow Jesus, what I don't want to do is I don't want to go into difficult times without Jesus. When I go into a valley of silence and it feels like God's not talking to me and I've been through there, I've done everything I could. I've tried to bribe God. I've tried to make promises that I can't purchase All right. on credit. I've tried to say everything that I know he wants me to say, and he still would not respond. Because sometimes our faith has to get us through the door before the prophetic or the voice of God. 400 years, I think they went through, and no new revelation. But what was already established was enough To get them to the end. Okay. And so what I want. As students. Can you imagine the confidence level that comes up. When now you're not walking to school by yourself. The confidence level. That you have. I I remember not to be hokey pokey. Or I think it's very spiritual. I was in prayer and God showed me. A revelation. Of two angels. In front of our church. As tall as our church was bent over like this. It, it could have been the pizza, but I didn't have pizza. But I took that as a sign from God that was saying, there's protection. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. There's protection to preach truth, but there's also protection for those that are bound that they can come to a safe place. So my challenge is, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm coming <laughs> sometime to a close. I need to put Jesus in front of me Jesus is not going to just, I think he's already there. He's on the left, on the right. He's all over me, and he's keeping me alive, you know. But there's times that I've got to put Jesus in front of me through prayer and through the applications and the disciplines because it doesn't just happen. If you want a prayer life, it's never going to be shot down from a bow from heaven and just hit you on top of the head. Oh, I have a prayer life. You're going to have to make a prayer. Like you make a joyful noise. You're going to have to develop it. You're going to have to build an altar and a memorial. And so what we need in our kids is we need God in front of us so that we don't. In our relationship, we need Jesus right there. If Jesus is right there in the car with you in your relationship, you won't do some some stuff. You won't talk some ways when you leave the church. If you take Jesus, it's easy to to live a sinful life when Jesus is outside and his laws are outside. But what we've got to do, the challenge is when we walk through the schools and when we're in school that we need to understand this is my mission. My mission is to love God passionately, obediently. Correctly, biblically, consistently, and to love people the same way to be consistent. People will be people, sinners sin. People will be people, but it's my job to love them, to be an example, to be trustworthy, to be generous, to be gentle, to be loving, to be full of faith. That's the fruit. Yes, sir. Yeah. And so, wherever I go, wherever I go, chill out, man, wherever I go wherever I go and so what I found is in the police station that I wanna bring Jesus with me. I want to bring them with me. I want to talk to people. I want, when I get phone calls, uh, and I can pray for people, and I can, I, can, I can have a spiritual moment with some guys. And, and just not too long ago, I had an officer that he was getting ready to quit, and um, so I, I wanted to go ride with him. And so we're riding, and, and I know that he has all these tattoos of killer clowns on his calf and on his arms, and he's eating up with all that stuff. And he's done Ouija boards, and he's done the... the, That's just intriguing to him. And he says, Preacher, I'm so bad. You've never seen somebody so bad. We're in the car, in the cruiser. We're just driving. And he says to me, Preacher, I I just got a question for you. All right, what? Why do you live that way? So the best way I could communicate how I... Why I live this way, I says. Well, Adam, can I tell you a couple stories? Sure. We're just driving. It's like when we have these conversations, the radio goes dead. So that we can have a kingdom moment. As I start telling about stories of what I've seen, not what I heard about. I start talking about the boy in West Virginia that was struck dead by lightning. And I was right there at his feet. And I was there when they had breath back in his body. I start telling him about that. I start telling him about miracles. I start talking about my travels and what I've seen with my own eyes. And he looks at me and says, "Rev, if I had seen what you've seen, I would probably live that way too." That don't happen when Jesus is on the backside of a mountain somewhere. And that's what I was trying to connect to our young people yesterday. There are moments. I'm always looking for a moment in a song, a moment in a sermon, a moment in a conversation that we it just changes. It goes to a whole new dimension, right? Have some of you had those moments where you're talking to somebody about Jesus and about your passion and about how if you're passionate about Jesus, I believe this still that when I get home, my body should know that I was in church. Not just my brain and my heart and my, my tear ducts, my my body should know. And so, this is the challenge of young people today. This is the challenge of keeping the purpose in front of you. And so, if you keep those scriptures, what's your favorite scripture? I don't know. I don't know. If you always keep a verse on your tongue that you've memorized, and any time the pastor, you keep on quoting the same verse. Come on, in, somebody quote me. Can, can somebody in this room quote me a verse? Go. nervous. That happens to me too. Did you raise your hand? What?
1: What does my shepherd, I shall, not want.
0: Is my shepherd I shall not want? There's more anointing in that than the devil could ever imagine. The point is, is that when we don't keep Jesus in front of us, we don't think about it until last second. And so what I want to do is I want to keep verses in my brain all the time. It's on the tip of my tongue. When you ask me, why are you a Christian? Then I get on the tip, on the edge of my seat, and I tell you the authenticity of my Christianity. It's not just, well, because pastor said this. and Pastor. I have more confidence when Jesus is said because this is what I feel, that God is not ready to condemn me. My sin will condemn me. God is ready to promote me and provoke me to good works. And I think that what I'm saying, I don't have power. It's not by might nor by power, but by thy spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Yeah. I, got I think that he's on my side. Mm-hmm. And this, we're wanting boldness and confidence through artificial factions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Artificial insemination. Yep. Right. And God is saying, listen, if, if you create space... I will create the miraculous. Yes. Hear me. Hear me, young 1st I don't know what the will of God is for your life other than to serve the Lord, to fear God and keep his commandments. All right. And what happens is, is we have introverts that becomes extroverts yeah. when there is purpose. Right. There is a boldness. When we know that we're not, we're not invading. If somebody goes to hell, they are invading hell. They are going without, without invitation. Hell was never made for human beings. It was made for Satan and a third of the angels. But listen, it also works with the heavenly. Are you okay? It also works with the heavenly. That when we walk into the throne room of God, if there's sin, it will cause us to cower. It's one of the attributes of sin. It causes us to recluse ourselves, to isolate ourselves. And so when we wonder why somebody's not showing up, it's probably because they've been bit by a snake somewhere, and there's sin and there's guilt. That's why when they come through the doors, we don't want them feeling guilt and shame from us. Their sin already does it. We want them feeling grace and mercy and the love of God. I'm closing with this. Music, you can come. Keeping keeping the purpose in front of you. It's hard. I mean, really difficult for me to get sideways with my pastor. When the Lord is in front of me. See, we get fearful. Hear me in the name of Jesus. We get fearful. When Jesus sometimes, sometimes is absent from our vision. This is why the scripture says in Proverbs, without a vision, people die. But then in a demonstration of Holy Ghost power, that Simon Peter will walk down the street and his shadow alone will cause many. The deal is. We need experience. The reason I can be so bold and some of us can be so bold about our Christianity is because we have something called experience. When I'm discouraged, this is what I do, elder. I look for a gray-headed man that has been in church for a while. Talk to me. Talk to me about some times that God has shown his relevance to you. Not, not, Not just a young person because they're always floundering sometimes trying to figure it out not just somebody that's my peer I want to go to somebody that has some scars on them that has had to pray themselves back into the church that has had to endure the afflictions of life to keep to keep the purpose so it's easier much easier to see faith when I'm always looking through the through the sphere of the anointing my pastor Pastor Bingham is not just another man he's not just a preacher dad he's not hey bro now this is me this is is me that's my pastor he could call me today and say, Michael, I feel like this is what I want you to do. and like, I don't know how that's going to happen. But my answer is yes. That's my pastor. That's my covering. But when I, when I'm looking through this, I'm looking through the filter of all of that wisdom and knowledge and power. I refuse to go to work or go to schools without Jesus. Because my Song is not good enough. My preaching technique is not. My my Bible knowledge is not astute enough. My personality is not outgoing enough. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. We were, there's been, time does not give me when I became a resource officer, my whole desire of becoming a certified officer was to get into schools. Listen, I think God will give you certifications that really have nothing to do with the certification, but it gives you an access door into a mission field. That's what it is. It's a mission field, and I'm I'm beginning to see how vast it is because through this ministry, my patch ministry. Through a patch ministry, I've spoken to people that I would have never, ever met. I've prayed with officers that because of the mentality of a brotherhood in blue or whatever color they wear, that I've been able to minister to officers because I needed that certification to gain their trust so it was we were going through law and the the teacher the instructor was teaching us law and we're not certified lawyers it was just a beginning course just a basic understanding he had just retired when, when I was in the academy and he said he was over the detective bureau for his county large County so their task force and their investigators and he was over all of that And he paused one day an officer in Ohio was shot two officers were shot and so they were showing one of the memorial services and he said today we're taking we had all eight hours with him he says today we're gonna to watch part of this memorial and when I, when, when he says, everybody tell me what, you, what you're in here for. And I said, I'm, I'm a chaplain for the last 14, 13 years, whatever, 12 and a half years. And I started talking about that and he paused. He paused and he said, you know, you guys don't understand this because you're too young. You're full of vigor and excitement and enthusiasm. But whatever department, this is what he said, I couldn't have advertised better. He says, whatever department you go in, you get close to your chaplain. Because there's going to be things you're going to see and you're going to to be experienced in that you cannot handle it yourself. You're going to need to find somebody that you can trust. And I'm feeling the Holy Ghost. Because what he just said, and there are people in the academy that I'm still connected with today that will send me a text and say, Preach, will you pray for me? I I just need to hear somebody's perspective that God has allowed me to minister to them. So this is the retired detective. He said, we paused that that memorial session for a second. He pulled out his wallet. I left my wallet in the car. He pulled out his wallet. He says, there's something that I keep with me all the time. And he pulled out a little matted piece of paper with some... Scribble on it. He says, I keep this with me everywhere. And I, since that moment, I wrote it down. I put it in my wallet. I've kept it in my wallet ever since. Every time I go for my debit card, I see that card. Every time. I go for money. I go for whatever I'm looking for. I see that card. And it has three things on it. Number one, what is your purpose? Articulate. Your purpose. Understand what is my purpose if it's nothing more than to love God and love people. This is my purpose. Because if your purpose is anything else but that, then you're going to squander heavenly opportunities. Number two, what are my talents? What am I not good at? What am I good at? What do I feel somewhat confident in? I'm good at talking to people. i practice a lot. I have a lot of bloopers, but I have a lot of experience. And so I listed some of my talents. And number three, what are you working on every day? What are you developing every day? Can you, can you imagine with me? Can you imagine what's your name? Maria, come here. Come here. You met Maria? Don't know a whole lot about Maria, but can you imagine if she walked out of this revival with, with the drive that says, I'm going to understand my purpose. I When somebody asks me, what are you talented in? We say it's braggadocious. We say it's just, it's, it's conceited. It's not. There's a difference bef- between being confident in who you are and being overconfident. And I think that there is something that is plaguing our kids. I'm about to finish. And it's called insecurity. Low self-esteem. And as long as somebody makes the first ploy or move to the altar, then they'll follow. But what we need is that there is a special anointing. What's your name? There's a special anointing on Maria. Maria. There's a special anointing. There's going to be something that's released in this house tonight for sure. But there's a special anointing. And oftentimes our kids, this is how it is. With the apostolic kids, this is how it is. That I can come up and I can, I, can, I, can, I can put my hands on them. And I can say in the name of Jesus. And our kids are so conditioned to the Holy Ghost that they will yield And tears will run down their face. And they, they will be blessed by God. What they have a hard time with is leading the pack. I cannot tell you how many times in youth ministry that our kids disrupted our church service with their worship. Maria, if she understood her purpose, if she was not afraid to tell you when you ask her, What are your talents? Maybe some of our elders should ask our kids that every service. What are your talents? What are you good at? And take whatever they give. And number three, what are you working on? What can I help you? An adoption process. We have several that are adopted in this church, right? Thank God for adoption. Thank God for adoption. Somebody that says, I find value on you. And so what we need is the people like Maria that she's feeling. I'm feeling a little awkward right now, Pastor Jay. But what I'm saying is that there's a covering. That as long as you keep on coming to church and love God, even if you fall out of church, we're going to keep on praying for you. Why? Because you are our best investment. My best investment of time is in people. Would you just... Those those three things I put in my wall. I never want to forget it. I'm trying to be purpose-driven. What is my purpose? What am I talented at? What am I working on every day? Would you just lift up your hands right now? The Holy Ghost is in here. In the name. So I speak over every insecurity. I speak right now to everything that would try to convince you that you're not valuable. And I speak with the authority of heaven. God's holy word, a release in this heart. The the purpose of the Holy Ghost. When we understand our purpose, we don't have to pray for boldness. We don't have to pray for confidence. It comes as a Bible. Fall down my face. I want more of you, Jesus. God, help me. God, in the come on, let this be our prayer. God, I want to know my purpose. I just gave you your purpose. I just gave you your purpose. Come on, your purpose is in the very next step. I believe in His Word. I may be seven years old, at eight years old, Josiah turned the world back to Jesus. 25 years old Hezekiah took a generation after generation after generation that did not honor God. And in one generation, he destroyed the groves and he destroyed all the idol, idol worship because one generation says, I understand my purpose. I'm not just a singer, I'm not just a preacher. I have been called by God to delight in his law. Say it with me. Fan that flame right now. Fan that flame right now. It's more important than feeling the Holy Ghost. You've got to know your purpose. Keep it in front of you. You will not lose what you keep in front of you. Come on! I wish there's some student that would say, "God, right now, in spite of every scar, in spite of every mistake." Promises of God and the purpose of God when our priorities are out of whack and you want to get your priorities right, you've got to go to the glory, come on, come on, we need grandparents that are purpose driven, moms and dads that are purpose driven, ushers that are purpose driven. it's just a stage to them it's just a song to them it's just a talent to them but to others it is their purpose stop measuring yourself by others stop trying to say well I'm not as good as that person I'll never live up to that name God called you you to be anybody else you have a specific purpose I feel the glory of the Lord I feel the promise of the Lord I feel the presence of the Lord you wander because you don't understand but once you understand there is not a kingdom of hell that can stop you I feel a heaviness right now of people that have wandered around the proverbial mountain for too long! Come on, kids. Do us all a favor. Don't wait till you're 21 to figure it out. Figure it out right now in your teenage years. Watch God give you a revival in that school. Your purpose will unlock confidence! Goodness! Keep it in front of you. Keep it in front of you. Your insecurity will fade away. Your low self-esteem will fade away. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com. Such a